bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Revenge Monday, everybody, here on Birds 365. It's not Mac and Mac. Johnny Mac is in Kansas City, or at least we believe he is. He was flying yesterday, as usual. Uh, Travel issues, uh, and we're hoping to get him up. We hope he's checked into the hotel. We hope his Wi-Fi works. We hope to punch him up at some point during the show. But Bill Culler is all filling in for him uh, for the two hours here today. Bill's been 15 days. Does it seem longer than that since the Eagles last played a game? Doesn't seem like about a month and a half since the Eagles last played a game. Feels like an eternity, Jody. But thank goodness it's here, man. And I'm excited getting to do a game day show here on Birds 365. I've done some football Fridays, but never a game day. So I'm fired up. Good. uh, Glad to have you. And uh, you picked a pretty good one to jump in for your first one. Because John and I have had this conversation, oh, since April. And I get it. I understand the way the National Football League works and tiebreakers and how you get to the Super Bowl. You got to take steps across the uh, entire four-month regular season and the postseason and everything else. So I understand that divisional games are more important than conference games and conference games are more important than intra-conference games. But this is the Eagles and the Chiefs. This isn't just... Uh, the Eagles playing the uh, L.A. Chargers. This is a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. The Eagles against Andy Reid. Jalen Hurts, last year's MVP running up, runner-up, against Patrick Mahomes, last year's MVP. There's more on the line than just a little intra-conference game in week number 11. Is there not? This is a huge game on so many levels, Jody. I mean, you're talking about all the storylines with the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's also a big game for the Eagles to get that number one seed in the NFC after you saw Jared Goff somehow lead the Lions back in that game against the Chicago Bears. But you're right, just for the matchups between the Eagles and the Chiefs, their psyche, getting a little bit of revenge. I know Sirianni and even Jason Kelsey both have said, hey, look, this is just another game. We're not going to use that Super Bowl as motivation. I've lost pick up basketball games against teams and want to use it as motivation. So there's no way these guys are not looking at what happened last year in the Super Bowl and saying, hey, 
Let's go out and kick these guys' butts. So I think they're going to be ready for this game. Jordan Maialata was probably the only guy who was pretty honest about it, who said, it's personal. It's personal for us. I think they're going to be ready tonight. I really do. We'll get into it. We'll break everything down. But this is a big really? matchup on many levels, a lot of storylines. But they got to keep got to keep pace with that NFC one seed, Jody. Yesterday didn't work out too great for the Eagles. And Mylotta has uh, been, as you say, quite uh, upfront and honest about the fact that he still thinks about the red confetti coming down on that February Sunday when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts doesn't talk directly about it, but uh, stories broke. Somebody noticed this year with his phone sitting in his locker that his screensaver is a shot of the field after the Kansas City Chiefs uh, secured their Super Bowl victory. So Jalen is not only uh, having a phenomenal year and uh, the franchise player for the Philadelphia Eagles, he's smart too. And he's he, he knows how to play his self-motivational game. He might not share it with the media, but I'm sure he does behind closed doors in the locker room. And yeah, that game hurt him. That game is a game that he wants to get back. And when Sirianni said this week, and he's right, the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to turn over their rings to the Eagles if they win this game on Sunday. The, the Super Bowl is gone. It's never coming back in Kansas City. Got it. And they're going to be able to have that for the rest of their careers. You can abstract a little bit of revenge. You can pump yourself up with a victory in here in season this season. That's why I think it's more than just a regular season game. I, I get the whole motivational thing and they don't want to give the Chiefs anything extra going into the game as far as Bolton board material goes. If these guys aren't more pumped up for this game uh, than just a regular, regular season game, then I don't think Sirianni's doing his job. I agree, Joe, and they will be. They will be. Look, these guys in the NFL, they look for every little thing to try to give themselves motivation. We've seen it. Somebody will say something that doesn't even matter, and they'll use it as bulletin board material. So there's no way that these guys aren't using it as extra motivation. I think the key is to strike that balance of you don't want to play too over the top. You don't want to do things that are maybe out of your character or try so hard that you start to now commit holding penalties or get those late hits or get those roughing the passer calls. So you want to still play within yourself, but there's nothing wrong with using this as motivation. And I think they will. All games are not created equal. I'm sorry. Anyone who's trying to go down that road, I'm just, just not buying it. Uh, so it is a Monday night game. So it's national stage. The Eagles don't have any issues with that. There are teams in the national football, like certain individual players, Kirk Cousins. Uh, troubles on national stages on big games. I, I think the Eagles are as well set for this as the Chiefs are, maybe even better than the Chiefs are as far as uh pressure goes. Because I asked this question on WIP a couple of weeks ago, Bill, and I'd love to get your uh response to it. The Eagles have the best record in football right now, and if they walk out tonight then I dare anybody to put out a power ranking on Tuesday and not have the Eagles as the number one team in football. Yeah, you got that stupid ESPN one that somehow figures it out via a computer, which always uh, undersells what the Philadelphia Eagles have done to this point this year. Uh, but they have had the best season in football up until tonight's game. And it could change if, depending on how tonight's game goes. But I think what has helped the Eagles, the main reasons that the Eagles are eight and one and the best record in football is three things. Number one, they're tough. I think this is a very tough 
I think they play physical football, and I think they're tough-minded. They're strong-willed. Number two, they've got talent. They, they have one of the most talented rosters on the National Football League. That's a kudo, Towie Roseman, who doesn't bat a 1,000. I'm, I'm going to go down a specific road again where I think Howie kind of missed the boat within the last couple of weeks again. He's arguably the best general manager in football, but doesn't mean that he hits every right note. And number three for me is the clutch gene. I think this team's got a, a serious clutch gene. I think they've got some very clutch players on this football team. Now, I think the combination of all three of those things add up to an 8-1 record and nine games into the season being the best team in the National Football League. What order would you put them in as to the reason why the Eagles are as good as they are? Talent, toughness, clutchness. I think you got to put talent at the top because as good as they are in those other areas, like you mentioned, if you don't have talent in this league, you're not going to win a lot of football games. So I do think it helps that they are very talented. But again, you can't just be talented. They need to have the talent. But the fact that they show up every week and they seem to always be prepared. I mean, we saw the clunker against the Jets this year. You saw it against the Commanders last year. But outside of those two games, this team shows up every single week. And we've seen it in previous years where you talk about, oh, this is a trap game or, oh, this is going to be a letdown game. The Philadelphia Eagles don't really – they're not susceptible to that. They show up every week. They play hard in every game. They seem to be prepared. So it's good coaching as well I think you have to throw in. I know some people like to say, well, Sirianni's got all the talent, which he does. You just heard me say he's got great talent. But he has this team ready every single week to play. And you do talk about that clutch, Gene, and I think that starts with Jalen Hurts. This seems to be a guy who wants the ball in his hands at the biggest moments. Nothing bothers him. Throws an interception. He bounces right back. We saw it in the Super Bowl. You talk about this Chiefs matchup, this rematch. He had that bad fumble that gets returned for a touchdown. What did he do right after that? Mm -hmm. Drove the team right down the field to score a touchdown. They go down by eight. In the fourth quarter, he drives the team right down, scores a touchdown, and runs in the two-point conversion. So I do think it's talent first, then that clutch gene. But I don't think we can dismiss good coaching as well because I do think Sirianni's got these guys playing hard. Agreed. And when you talk about coaching, Sirianni is certainly at the top of the list. But his top two lieutenants are your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator. Another thing we've discussed here on the show, again, don't know that we've asked you directly when we've had you on, but want to get your take here. Knew they were going to have a tough time replacing their two coordinators during this past offseason. Both got head coaching jobs. Both are, are working their way through tough first years. That's what happens when you take on a new team and change their coach. There's a reason they're changing their coach. They're not that good. So you're inheriting a roster and uh, a situation that needs to be redone. So uh, both Gannon and Shane Steichen are working through some things in their first year outside of Philadelphia. Uh, but we didn't know how good the coordinators who were going to be asked to replace them were going to be able to come in and be. I think they've both been pretty damn good. Uh, don't know that I'd give either one of them an A+. But of the two, Sean Desai and, and Brian Johnson, who do you think is actually, if you were putting a grade on them for their performance through the first nine games of the season this year, who do you think grades out higher? If you just look at the stats, you'd have to go with Brian Johnson. The offense is still in the top of every category, 
and the red zone's even gotten really good over the last few weeks. But when you really take a step back and look at it, I think you grade Sean Desai higher simply because of what he's had to deal with. You look at the linebacker position. The two starters on this team, one guy was cut in training camp. The other guy they signed at the end of training camp. Then you look at that secondary. I don't think they've had a full secondary yet with all the changing pieces. Kevin Byer just got here a couple weeks ago. Blankenship's been in and out of the lineup. Bradley Roby, okay, he's signed to hopefully solidify that slot position. He goes down. So I think what he's been able to do with all of the injuries, especially in that secondary, and not the best performances from your Pro Bowl and All-Pro corners in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. So I'm giving a better grade to Sean Desai, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they took this bye week to really figure out that secondary. Now these guys are all together. Roby's coming back tonight. Let's hope we see it on the field on Monday Night Football that this secondary looks like the secondary we were hoping they would be. I think it's pretty telltale that uh, you can look at it tonight because tonight is the rematch. Tonight is the night that you get a chance to play the Chiefs again. And if you look at the team that finished on the field, unfortunately finished three points short in the Super Bowl, but the turnover on the defense, you had to replace both starting safeties you had to replace both starting linebackers. You had to replace a key defensive tackle. Now they got that done with a very high first-round draft pick, and uh, if anything, they're probably better at that position. But you had to replace it. You had to put uh, effort toward getting a replacement for him. And even though he started the season, I'll basically come out and say, yeah, you had to replace your slot cornerback because uh, he got hurt as early in the season as he did. That's just... <laughs> That's a lot to ask of a coordinator. Uh, the offense, how many changes have they had to make? Well, they had to replace uh, the right guard. And yeah, to, to the Eagles' credit, offensive line depth, um, they did, uh, after Jurgens went down, fill the void for the next couple of weeks, and hopefully they get Jurgens back. And that's it. Otherwise, the offense is intact. It's the same offense as there was last year. All right, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I, I should put that one in there. Um, but I'll tell you, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift has been better than Miles Sanders has been with his new team in Carolina. Yeah, Juan Desai has been asked to do that much more heavy lifting than Brian Johnson. The Eagles offense has been better than their defense, but uh, you and I see this one exactly the same. The task has been more difficult for Desai than it has been uh, for Johnson. All right, one last question for you. We're going to punch up our first guest. Hope to have uh, Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation jump in with us. Um, I mentioned this a couple of times and I've gotten pushback from both John and our uh, fans on the stream. I called Howie Roseman on the carpet the other week because uh, I thought it was quite obvious that the Eagles needed to go out and add a uh, slot corner. And there was one available and he was an ex-Eagle and he got traded and the Eagles weren't willing to pay the price that the Buffalo Bills paced. Uh, paid to get Russell Douglas. Big interception he, last night too, Jody. Bill, he's had in three games playing for the Bills, he's had two interceptions. The Philadelphia Eagles as a team, all players included, through nine games, have four interceptions. He's had two picks in three games as compared to the Eagles' entire team, who had four for the year. And he was out there for the taking and I know they uh, Buffalo had to give up a third-round pick, but they got a fifth-round back. 
So it wasn't like they gave up a third round pick for Russell Douglas. No, they gave up the spacing of two rounds between a third and a fifth for Russell Douglas. And he's played two outstanding games, three outstanding games. His first game is only okay. The last two weeks, he's been great for the Bills. Howie Roseman dropped the football by not getting aggressive. Is this not an all-in for the Super Bowl team? You may not like my answer here, Jody, because I'm going to punt. Because basically what I need to see is, is Bradley Roby that good at the slot corner position? We saw what he did in that Rams game where he completely came in and changed that entire second half. So does Howie Roseman have a lot more faith in Bradley Roby where he said, look, there's no need for us to make this move to bring in Rasul because we already have our slot corner in Bradley Roby. And I think we'll find out tonight if that's the case. Now, I get it. He's got to stay healthy. But that's the only reason I would think that maybe they didn't make the move is they are hopeful that Bradley Roby is the answer that you're looking for. Quick question for you. How many snaps has Bradley Roby played in an Eagle uniform? Not many, Jody. Not many. But what we've seen so far has been good. That's who you're hanging your hat on. That's who you're putting. We don't need need an upgrade at slot corner because we've got Bradley Roby who's played 50 snaps. But you may be be putting a little bit too high of a grade on Russell. I don't think he is a bad corner, but I don't think he's a great corner either. You know, look, is he helping out that Buffalo Bills defense? Sure, he is helping them out. But we've seen it when he was here, and we've I've followed his career a little bit. He's, I would say, an average corner. I don't think he's going to really move the needle that much. If all of our guys are down and they're hurt, yeah, we could have used Rasul Douglas, but I don't know how much of an upgrade he is from the guys they already have. The guys they already have. 50 snap, uh, uh, Bradley <laughs> Roby. You've watched Eli Ricks play. You've seen Brown try and attempt to drop down from safety. You, you've seen, you saw C.D. Lamb and when he did that last game against the Cowboys, right? You, you were good with all of that? The guys that the Eagles have? The Eagles were okay with the guys that they have? Did you really just say that? I'm putting my hopes on Bradley Roby. Only because okay. I know he hasn't okay. played a lot. I know he all hasn't played a snaps. lot. But you look at what he did when he came into that Rams game, coming off of the street, essentially, and he did shut down one of the best passing offenses in the league at the time, which was the Los Angeles Rams. So let's hope. We'll see it tonight. That's why I said I'm punting. I'm reserving my opinion on this one. Uh, Okay, fair enough. We'll see if Bradley Roby gets the job done in these last eight weeks. The one thing I'll say for Bradley Roby is he will be an upgrade because Ricks and Brown were so overmatched in that position. You're asking guys to change on the fly and play a position they'd never played before. That's why I like Russell Douglas, because he's been playing in the slot the last several years for the Packers and playing it quite well, and now he's played it quite well for the Buffalo Bills in three games since he's been there. All right, he's Bill Calarulo. He's in for John McMullen. We've got BLG. I see Brandon Lee Gowton ready to rock and roll. Help us guess prep for the game tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Super Bowl rematch. The Eagles don't want to talk about it in that way. Uh, I like to talk about it in that way. Hopefully they treat it that way. We'll get treated to a Brandon Lee Gowton appearance next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in on game day here on Birds 365. Bill Calarulo and for John McMullen, Jody Mack here with you. We've got BLG with us. Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, BLG, I said top of the show that 15 days we've been waiting for this seems more like a month and a half. But it has finally arrived game day on the road. They've got to go into Kansas City, take on the Chiefs. That's why I think the Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. If this was here in Philadelphia, I think the Eagles would be a two-and-a-half-point favorite or a three-point favorite. Um, how much of an advantage is it tonight for Kansas City to be playing in front, in front of a hometown crowd in KC? It's over the years it's been one of the best home field advantages in football. How much are the Eagles going to have to fight the crowd tonight in Kansas City, you think? It's a big deal. Typically, you know, the Eagles go out and they have a lot of fans in the opposing stadium and it's almost like a home game on the road. In a lot of cases, I expect there will be, you know, a decent amount of midnight green there at Arrowhead Stadium there. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a tough place to play 
Chiefs have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they typically win a lot. So uh, as if it wasn't already a big challenge, also, obviously, we all know Andy Reid coming off the bye. Uh, it's a very tough task. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, brother? How's it going? Not too bad, man. Nice to meet you. I don't think we've ever had an opportunity to talk before, so it's good. Likewise, yes. So you mentioned Andy Reid. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Everybody thinks of the Chiefs, and they think of this high-powered offense. But that's not really how they're winning a lot of games this year. They're winning games because of that defense. How good is this Chiefs defense this season? Yeah, it's all relative to expectation, right? I think the Chiefs offense is still, you know, good and fine. It's just, you know, you're you're not the Chiefs. They're not quite what you would usually expect from them. Um, but yeah, the defense, I mean, look, no team has allowed fewer points in the league this season. So it's been like a, a huge improvement for them on that side of the ball. And I think, you know, you look at how a lot of young players contributing to that defense last year. And I think they've suddenly become more experienced and they've grown and they've developed. So I think you've seen the improvement there. Obviously, you have Steve Spagnolo as a longtime defensive coordinator coach in the NFL. He has an idea of what he is doing, certainly came up with. Um, some some very good game plans in the past. So I think, you know, it's it's a unit really that, uh, again, has gotten better as time has gone along. And they've had to pick up the slack here a little bit for an offense that hasn't been as good as it normally is. So, I mean, it's a legitimately successful unit. And BLG, we can tell just by looking at the stats that the Eagles have the better wide receivers uh, in this matchup. And it's not even close. My God, it's an overmatch between Eagles wide receivers and the Kansas City wide receivers. But they do have a tight end named Kelsey, and the Eagles are going to be trying to figure out how to replace Dallas Goddard. And oh, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs spread the ball around. They're not dependent on one or two wide receivers, it seems like the same way the Eagles are. Does it really matter who catches the football? If it's concentrated to two guys or spread out over nine guys, does it matter how we realize Patrick Mahomes has more passing yards than Jalen Hurts? You would say, well, Jalen's got the two-star wide receivers. He does. Then how does Patrick Mahomes have more passing yards than Jalen Hurts? Kansas City doesn't spread out over a couple people. Is that an advantage or a disadvantage for Kansas City? Again, I think it's, you know, they're they're at a point where they can be functional. It's not like they have receivers out there who can't do anything at all. Um, they're just not the same level of game breakers that you might be used to, as we've seen in the past. So certainly going back a few years, Tyree Kill being there. Um, but certainly Travis Kelsey is going to get his, or at least you would think he would, against an Eagles defense that has been vulnerable up the middle and just allowed Jake Ferguson to have a big day a couple of weeks ago, in addition to C.D. Lamb. So it's definitely a concern. Uh, Rushy Rice has been doing nice things this year. Um, hasn't been necessarily, you know, consistent, again, dominant wide receiver one like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, but has made nice plays for that Chiefs offense. So, you know, they have enough at the very least to be functional, especially when you have the quarterback that the Chiefs have. And they have the coaching staff that the Chiefs have and also a running game that the Chiefs have that hasn't really been reliable enough to where um, they just have to pass in volume because they can't just merely rely on the running game. It's funny. We we all talk about this Chiefs offense and you're right. They're still top five in the NFL in passing yards. So we're saying, oh, they've taken a step back. Well, for them, they've taken a step back, but they still are one of the best passing teams in the league. But a way to combat that is what we thought the Eagles were going to be able to do in the Super Bowl, which was get after Patrick Mahomes. We know what happened in the Super Bowl. Let's not bring up 
that field. I don't even want to mention it. But this Chiefs team protects Patrick Mahomes better than anybody, number one in the league and giving up sacks. How are they doing it? Is it their offensive line? Is it just because of how shifty Patrick Mahomes is? But what do the Eagles need to do to try to get after him tonight? Yeah, I think a lot of that goes on the quarterback himself. I mean, uh, to some extent, I believe sacks are, you know, quarterback stats there where, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just so elusive and hard to sack sometimes that I think he's making the offensive line look better than it's been. Certainly, the Chiefs are really strong on the interior there, but the tackles have really not been as good, and I think they really have been, again, bailed out by how Patrick Mahomes is able to avoid getting sacked. I think the Eagles do have, on paper at least, just like they did in the Super Bowl, the advantage on the edges there with Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick going up against the likes um, of the Chiefs' offensive tackles. So I, I, I feel like, in theory, they should be able to create some disruption on the edge. The key, of course, is that, okay, can Jordan Davis, can Jalen Carter, can Fletcher Cox, can they do anything on the interior to actually you know, capitalize on Patrick Mahomes if he has to step up and get to him in the pocket there. Um, I will say, you know, following along with the Chiefs coverage uh, and specifically at the Chiefs version of my site, the which is called Arrowhead Pride, um, that's the Chiefs version of Bleeding Green Nation. They've been concerned about the Chiefs offensive line in recent weeks. They've actually said it's kind of been like, quote unquote, a total mess for them, even though that doesn't necessarily show up in the box score, just the feel of some of these games. They haven't been totally dominating in the trenches like you would think, just looking at, you know, uh, some some basic box score metrics. So I am kind of curious to see how that goes. All right, BLG, we know we've got the MVP from last year versus the runner-up for MVP last year. And as of right now, the leader in the betting markets for MVP against the runner-up for the MVP in the betting markets in Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts. We expect the ball to be flying around the field in Kansas City tonight, which means the game will probably be decided by whoever runs it best. And neither one of these teams have been great with the run. I thought Pacheco would have a better year in the second year after grabbing the job last year. He's been solid, not spectacular. DeAndre Swift was superior games two and three. Hadn't done a whole hell of a lot since. I think there are a lot of reasons for that. If it comes down to who runs the ball better tonight, who do you like, Eagles or Chiefs? I think it was better in that matchup. Um, and I know their running game hasn't been what it was early in the year. Recently, you look at the past four games, Eagles only averaging 86.75 yards per game. But over the uh, the first five there, they had 164. And I think that's still in them. These are getting Cam Jurgens back. I don't think that's like the only difference between the run game being good and bad, but that certainly helps them get better there. Um, it's kind of hard to totally project what Jalen Hurts is going to look like mobility-wise, but in theory, you know, he's coming off the bye week. He's had extra rest, so maybe his legs are more of a factor than, they, than they've been recently. And you look at this Chiefs run defense. I mean, they rank 20th in run defense DVOA. They are 26th in opponent yards uh, per carry this season. And they're missing their top linebacker, who was really a good player for them, and has been a good player for them, but especially against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, where the Eagles could not really run the ball outside of Jalen Hurts. The running backs couldn't do anything in that game. So I actually think the Eagles' rushing attack could get going here. One of the things I'd really like to see get going, in addition to the rushing attack, is takeaways on defense. You look at this defense last year through the first nine games, and they had 20 takeaways so far this season, they only have 11. 
And as good as Patrick Mahomes is, as good as this Chiefs offense can be, they've turned the ball over a lot this season. Do you see the Eagles getting any turnovers tonight? Feels like they do. You know, some of that stuff is obviously just luck, bounce of the ball kind of things. And I think the Eagles haven't totally gotten that. Now that you saw that a little bit more in terms of favorable bounces of the ball against the Cowboys. Obviously, that was going in their favor uh, in that game, at least when it came to be holding on to their own fumbles. So um, I do think this Chiefs rushing attack, as I said, is not very effective. And the Eagles are so good at stopping the run. I think it does kind of make the Chiefs be one-dimensional. Now, again, the Chiefs are pretty good at that one dimension, at least, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing back there. But, you know, you ask him to throw maybe 50 times a game. Maybe you get lucky at some point where there's a tip ball, a big interception, you steal possession, and that could be the difference in the game. All right, BLG, need your take on Bradley Roby, who's rejoining the Eagles uh, lineup tonight. Uh, They pick him up off the scrap heap. Let's be honest, you sign a guy weeks into the season. He had all offseason to sign. He didn't sign with anybody. It's the scrap heap. Uh, He's had a good, solid career as a slot corner. Comes in, plays very well week one against the Rams. They were killing him early on uh, with passes to Cooper Cup. And uh, that was a uh, really good job and performance he turned in. The next week. Didn't give up much, but the Eagles lost to the Jets, and he goes down with an injury and hasn't been seen since. He's played all of 50 snaps for the Eagles this year, and he seems to be the savior at the slot corner position, and we need we know they need saving because the guys doing the job there, the last to do the job there, have not been getting it done. You got faith in Bradley Roby's going to just slide right in and all will be well at the slot corner? It's not about all will be well to me as much as he just gives you a level of credibility that the combination of your third string slot cornerback option is you know undrafted rookie free agent and Eli Ricks and a third round pick in Sydney Brown and neither of those guys are slot cornerbacks like, yeah, that's not a playing out of position right both and like again going just going back to training camp guys weren't they weren't repping there so to have them do that you know that's that's a big ask and Look, again, I don't expect Bradley Roby to come in and light the world on fire, but can he come in and at least, you know, and like not have you get absolutely crushed by opposing slot cornerbacks? Yeah, I think that's like reasonable to say that he can actually do okay or like merely average or merely below average as opposed to just not even being like a real credible option there in the slot. So, yeah, it's not about him being a star as much as it's just being like a legitimate option there. And along those same lines, we know what Travis Kelsey can do. Who are you putting on Kelsey tonight? And maybe it's more than one person, but who are you putting on Kelsey tonight? I think it's a kitchen sink kind of game in that regard. I mean, and and look, we've seen Sean Desai to his credit. I mean, there's a lot of things to criticize Sean Desai for, but to his credit, he has been willing to experiment with different options. I think kind of too late in the Cowboys game when it came to finally putting Darius Slay more so on CD Lamb at one point late in the game there. But, you know, I think you part of the reason you trade for Kevin Byard is you have hope he might be able to go up against Travis Kelsey. That's a matchup that um, Byard has been able to uh, experience and handle in the past when the Titans have played the Chiefs. So there's some level of familiarity there on both sides. But uh, I don't think it's as simple as you just put one guy in Travis Kelsey and just be like, all right, you take care of him. Um, especially when, you know, you're, you're paying big money, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. At some point, you feel like, okay, maybe, especially if things aren't working, 
with a certain option on Travis Kelsey, and maybe that's fired to start, then you have to adjust. You have to throw different things at him and see if something is able to work. And I think Sean Desai, again, to his credit, is willing to experiment with that. So I think we could see that. You mentioned the Eagle Corners, not named uh, uh, Ricks and or Brett, trying to play a position that's not their position, Slay and Bradbury. Bradbury was a Pro Bowl-level cornerback last year. He was phenomenal. This year, he's been taken advantage of and has not had a great year in coverage. Father time just catching up. Couple of plays gone against him, could have gone either way. Sometimes, like you said, there's a little luck involved. But through the first half of the season, he has not graded out very well. Why do you think Bradbury's had to drop off? I think there is some natural regression. He was just so good last year. He was not going to probably be that great again in 2023. Goes for a lot of you know things going from last year to this year. But also, yeah, it is the nature of the position. You just, who are the cornerbacks in the NFL that, you know, like uh, really age well? Or who are the top cornerbacks in the NFL right now? Do you see a lot of, you know, like plus 30 players in that list? I just, it's not a position typically. Obviously, there are exceptions that age super gracefully. So I think that's a factor. I think it could be that you did move him around a little bit from the slot and the outside. I think that, you know, might throw off his rhythm a little bit there. That's another factor to consider. I think you just have to look at the bigger context of the secondary as a whole, how they've only had one uh, repeat starting lineup all season long prior to tonight's game, where, you know, when you have so many different moving pieces in the secondary every single game, that certainly doesn't help the continuity there and the communication and things in that regard. So and there's a lot of different reasons that go into that. But I still think like this isn't a player who I think is totally just falling off a cliff and there's no hope for him the rest of the season. I think he could potentially bounce back after the bye week might not be the same player that we saw last year, but I think he can be better than what he was to this point. And we keep talking about this Chiefs receiving core not being as great, but one of the things that surprised me when I looked was they're 29th in the league in yards before catch, meaning that Mahomes is not throwing the ball very far down the field, but they lead the NFL in yards after catch. Everybody loves to talk about yak. Chiefs do it better than anybody. What can this defense do, especially the secondary, to make sure they're not letting these receivers and especially Travis Kelsey get that yak tonight? I think part of that just goes into, you know, like, you know, leverage and and playing things smartly. I mean, Mahomes is so, he's such a talented passer um, from an accuracy standpoint, you know, putting the ball in the position for these receivers to be able to run after the catch there. So um, some of that is just, you can't do a whole lot about when you have a quarterback that good. Part of it is, you know, gang tackling, obviously rallying to the ball, um, being disciplined in coverage, hopefully coming out of the bye, ironing out some of those uh, issues when there's been, you know, not being able to all be able on the same page in part because there's some been so many different secondary lineups this year. So I think a lot of different things uh, ultimately go into that. One of the guys who scares me coming into the game a little bit tonight from an Eagle perspective, and I know the stats that he put up this year say, what are you talking about? He hasn't done anything, Joe. The Eagles have not faced that many good receiving running backs out of the backfield. And Jarek McKinnon over the last couple of years has been one of the better guys to make plays specifically in the red zone uh, down by the end zone as far as catches go. Could Jarek McKinnon be a guy that causes the Eagles some problems? Because 
If you ask me, are the Eagles good at covering backs out of the backfield? My answer would be, I don't know. They haven't faced that many. Teams haven't attempted to make that many plays. I do know that their linebacker coverage in the past game has been spotty more against tight ends than running backs. Does Jarek McKinnon scare you at all coming into tonight's game, BLG? I think it's a fair point. I didn't really think about that a ton, but I do think, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you're looking to get your running backs matched up against these Eagles linebackers. So I definitely think um, that could be a factor. Um, you know, Zach Cunningham, I think, is coming off of a good game, but he's more of a guy who I think, you know, we've seen have success downhill than he is. You really want him out in space in coverage and obviously Nicholas Morrow has been um, in and out of the lineup here a little bit with Nicobe Dean um, prior to you know him getting re-injured again so certainly you know not an all-star group of linebackers there I do think you know we could see the Chiefs try to attack that matchup I don't think it'll be what decides the game but I do think that could be a factor we've been talking about the defense a lot let's jump over to the offensive side of the ball for a second one of the things that we were all complaining about to start the season was their red zone offense. They were near the bottom of the league. We've seen them get better every single week. They sit at number 12 now in the NFL, and you look at over the last three games, they're over 70% in the red zone. Are they just executing better, or did Brian Johnson make some changes in the red zone? Yeah, you know, I think the execution thing's huge. There was, you know, some turnover issues there in the red zone, including when, you know, they, they failed to get a tush push in from the one yard line at one point. That's just, you know, kind of bad luck or fluky. You're not really going to be worried about that too much. Um, but, you know, I think on the whole, you look at red zone year to year, it's kind of something that a lot of people, you know, who study statistics and whatnot say that's, you know, not necessarily sustainable or can be a little bit fluky there. Saw small sample sizes and whatnot. So I think some of that Eagles lack of red zone efficiency early on was just a matter of, you know, um, it'll work out. And I, I had confidence it would get to, you know, better than where it was early in the season, um, which I thought was just way too low. And now it's coming back up, as you said, to more respectable number. I expected that with just the amount of talented players that they have. One thing that I didn't like about the red zone offense earlier in the year, it's just like a weird um decision to not really throw into the red zone a lot like they would just seem to like always try to throw short of the red zone and try to get in from there as opposed to just actually maybe put the ball into the end zone and have the players catch it in there what a novel concept so um they do seem to ultimately have adjusted in that regard i must wonder if brian johnson's getting like enough credit for that the way he was getting because he was getting hammered for that earlier in the year True. like you said it has improved a lot. So not to say Brian Johnson has been perfect, but I think we've seen signs of progress from him, and that's one of them. All right, BLG, both uh, Johnny Mack and I have uh, taken similar stances to why the Eagles running game has dropped off from where it was the first couple weeks of the season. Swift was great. Weeks mm -hmm. two and week three, not near as good since. And both John and I theorized that a big part of that is Jalen is not that plus one factor that he was last year. And even early this year, uh, we assume that his knee is better and he's saying that his knee is better. Is there anything you'll see tonight? He makes a run early on. Will you watch him run out there on the field? Uh, no, you're not a doctor. You can't look at x-rays. We're all going to be guessing at home as uh, we best we can. Would it be a tip-off that Jalen Hurts is – close enough to 100% that he should be taken as a threat by the Kansas City defense that he could run the football tonight. I mean, I'll have to see it in game action, you know, multiple times to truly, to truly believe it. Because I think he can run. I mean, even you saw against the Cowboys there, really the big run on third down, 
um, early in that third quarter after you know he goes down with the scare late in the in the second ha- uh, quarter there um, where you know Micah Parsons actually didn't even respect his ability to run at all and he was able to scoot out for a first down so you know I think even when he has been hurt it's like he can do it if he absolutely has to and pick up a crucial first down which is still good to have but I don't think we've seen, you know, the luxury running, I'll call it, where, you know, he's doing it a little bit more gratuitously. And if he starts to do that a little bit here, I think that's when you'll start to truly believe, okay, he's actually back. He's feeling pretty good. He is healed. So until we see that, not going to fully believe it. I do agree, you know, that his lack of mobility the same way has hurt the run game. But again, um, you've also been missing Cam Durkin, so that's a factor. Um, now you have the bye week to evaluate things a little bit here and come up with a better running plan, so that could help as well. Um, I do think the running game is going to bounce back to some extent. I can't believe it's going to be kept down as much as it has been recently. One of the things that bothered me about the running game, and we talked a little bit about Brian Johnson getting some getting some heat for the red zone, but one of the things that's bothered me with his play calling, and I do think he's doing a good job, but I don't think they're giving the ball to the running backs enough. And if you look at over the last few games, outside of that Dallas game, running backs are not getting a lot of carries and especially not getting a lot of carries early in the first half to allow them to get into any sort of rhythm. So I went and looked at this Chiefs defense. As good as they've been, they're not great against the run. You mentioned it earlier. And you look at their two losses. and their two losses, the opposing teams gave their running backs over 30 carries on average. In their seven wins, running backs only had 17 carries on average. Do you think we're going to see our running backs tonight get the ball a lot, or is it going to be more of the same? They should. I mean, this is a game where, you know, I'm not always the run-the-ball guy, but in this game, I really think that is a matchup that favors them. And, you know, look, um, it's tough because, you know, when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on offense and you have a quarterback who, you know, is – conceivably in the MVP conversation it's tough to just say you know don't throw the ball but uh when it comes to the specific matchup I think it's what favors the Eagles best here and DeAndre Swift you know I think you know even he he hasn't been the same player quite that he was earlier on in the year I still think he hasn't shown enough juice where he can still give you a lot of value there um I have not loved the Eagles usage of Kenny Gainwell this year I think they've overused him in a lot of spots I know he had that touchdown run against Dallas that's nice but I think on the whole there's been a lot more bad than there has been good so uh, I don't really love him having a big role I'd kind of like to see more of a split behind DeAndre Swift between um, you know Gainwell and maybe actually getting Boston Scott a little bit involved a few carries mix him in uh, I'm guessing Rashad Penny's going to go back to being a healthy scratch I think that's kind of a mistake because I think he's a talented runner and should be involved here as well um, we'll see for sure when the inactives come out tonight um, but yes, they absolutely should be running or leaning on the run game in this one. I BLG, they'll kick it off uh, tonight about eight fifteen. If you had to say going into the game, there was an advantage for the coaching matchup, not just head coach on head coach, but staff against staff, Eagle staff against Kansas City staff. Is there a coaching advantage? I mean, you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the Chiefs side. I mean, they not only just the track record of experience, but I mean they. They outcoached the Eagles in the Super Bowl earlier this year on both sides of the ball. So, um, yeah, I mean, they absolutely have that advantage. Now, I think it's not like, uh, you know, obviously the Eagles side is they have total buffoons on their side. I think Nick Sirianni and his staff deserve a lot of credit. And you can't just say 
they're not good at all. But I mean, when it comes to who has the edge here, you have to give it to the Chiefs. And you talk about the the coaching staff. A lot different in philosophies between these defensive coordinators. You look at Sean Desai, Eagles are 26 in the league in blitz percentage at about 22%. And Spagnola, six in the league in blitz percentage, close to 34%. Do you expect more of that tonight where Eagles will kind of sit back, not blitz a lot, and the Chiefs will come after Hurts? Absolutely. I think, you know, the Eagles offensive line is really good. It's not just about lining up against them and winning those one-on-one battles and counting on that all game long. It's about being able to do some things that maybe confuse this offensive line a little bit and create some opportunities to get to Jalen Hurts and and really test how that knee is holding up and everything and hit him and be physical and see how um, that goes there. So, yeah, I absolutely do think Spags will come up with a game plan here. And going back to the Super Bowl, and I know that uh, you can't just trace everything back there and say it's going to be the same for this matchup, but – I mean, a lot of the success the Eagles had in that game, I don't think was necessarily only because of good coaching. That's part of it for sure. But there was a lot of just plays made by key players, specifically, you know, Jalen Hurts was carrying a lot of weight in that game, including with his legs. Um, So uh, if it's anything like that game, it's about, you know, the players stepping up and not just what's going to be called schematically. BLG, a lot will be made of the outcome of this game. And I'm banking on it being 59th minute plus when the game is decided last minute. They're two evenly matched teams. They played all the way down to the wire in the Super Bowl last year. I think it's going to be the same thing again tonight. But whoever ends up with the most points is going to get a huge win here because specifically here in Philadelphia, you know, it's it'll be overreaction Tuesday. It's usually overreaction Monday. If the Eagles win... Basically, everyone will be saying, all right, uh, what date is that parade going to be again? If the Eagles lose, it'll be panic central that, oh, my God, we just got by and this team isn't that good. And we finally play a real team and the Chiefs, we lose. How big a swing is it if the Eagles win or lose this game in the pulse of the city? It's a great question because I think narratively this game is as you're saying, is very important. But, you know, in the standings, it doesn't even matter like a ton. Man, in it's sense less that, than a division game or yeah, a conference it's a, it's game. AFC right? game. It does matter from a standpoint, kind of sneakily, that um, there's a common games tiebreaker in the conference standings where, you know, the Detroit Lions have already beaten the Chiefs this year. So that could potentially come into play, but, you know, it's a little too early to definitely look at that. So it could matter in that regard. But again, for the, for the most point, from the standing standpoint, it's one of the least impactful games the Eagles have this year. And I think it's kind of funny, the, the gap between the narrative and the actual meaning of the game itself in the numbers, the statistical value of it. So I think that's funny to point out. But yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a measuring stick kind of performance here, especially when you're going up against the team that you couldn't beat in the Super Bowl last season. Um, I think it's it's huge, and I think it will go a lot. You basically laid it out. You answered the question for me, Jody, there, where it's like, oh, right. you can't beat this team. Uh, it, they're not even that good. And if you do, well, then you're going to be on top of the NFL. And I mean, this is like the power rankings decider here, right, between one and two. If There's no one who's not going to have the Eagles number one in their power rankings if they don't already uh, after this game, if they win. And anytime there's a good matchup between two quarterbacks, we always talk about the quarterback versus the quarterback, Mahomes versus Hurts. But the reality is they're not on the field at the same time, right? So what matchup tonight are you looking forward to the most between the Eagles and the Chiefs? 
I think maybe this is too easy of an answer, but like can't, this, this Eagles team, I think my biggest concern with them this year has not been about ever like this team, this other team that they're playing is going to beat them, just flat out beat them. I think the issue is that they're too good sometimes at beating themselves or making things way harder than they have to for themselves. Now, if there is a team that can just flat out beat them, I do think, yes, the Chiefs are one of those, but I worry more not so much about that than I do the Eagles just, you know, continuing to have these turnover issues, which have plagued them for a lot of the season to continue to, you know, be in these late game scenarios, which has happened multiple times, including their most recent performance where, uh, you know, you have a team pinned deep and you allow them to come back into the game and almost win the game. And in this case last week, and then earlier in the season, I was Washington when they forced overtime. So um, I just think, you know, if they can actually take advantage of this buy and get right and self-scout a little bit and make some adjustments and, you know, again, get some more luck too when it comes to the turnover thing there. Um, I just think that if they can figure it out and if they can just avoid beating themselves, then I really like their chances. All right. The the Chiefs, as we've mentioned a couple times, Bill brought it up, only 12 sacks all year. They've done as good a job protecting their quarterback, and their quarterback does as good a job of protecting himself as anybody in the game. He gets the ball out of there, and he just uh, is elusive, and he doesn't get pulled down. But their interior offensive line is better than their exterior. Their tackles are good. Mm-hmm. They're not great. Their interior is pretty damn great. Um Speed off the edge. We know his son Reddick wants to make up for the fact that he didn't get a sack in last year's Super Bowl. It's supposed to be raining in Kansas City today. We'll find out what the field is like come game time. On the other side, um, Nolan Smith. They've already counted Derek Barnett out for type for personal reasons. I'd love to know what those <laughs> personal reasons. They, they, at least they didn't try and cover it up last night. Last week, they just had healthy scratch. So I'm assuming it means some more snaps for Nolan Smith. He hadn't been getting a whole hell of a lot. I get it. When you got Josh Wett and uh, Hassan Reddick, you, you, you're reticent to pull them off the field. Is tonight a night where Nolan Smith can get uh, kind of like make his chops, get a big sack against the Kansas City Chiefs in a big spot if he gets some extra snaps, BLG? I do think there's reason to believe he could have a bigger role. Um, you know, in that game you mentioned there with Barnett was a healthy scratch right before the bye. We didn't actually see much of an uptick for Nolan Smith's playing time, but I do think that was kind of a unique circumstance where it's kind of like an empty the tank game for Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat because, you know, you have the bye coming up. So you're kind of just going to rely on them more than you typically would, knowing that you have that extra rest right around the corner, whereas opposed to, you know, now you're on the other side of the bye. And I think it's more about, you know, managing those snaps a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I do think Nolan Smith could be more involved. I also think he's a player specifically that you could kind of self-scout during the bye week and say, hey, some of these kind of like creative things we've been trying to do with him in terms of dropping into coverage and whatnot haven't really been working out too well. Maybe we should just kind of let, let's go back and simplify it a little bit and allow him to just rush the passer. So I do think he could have, you know, a nice little role there as a backup um, edge defender. And I do think he could play a little bit more than he has been. I BLG. Yeah. We haven't gotten you on the record yet. I don't know if you've even put a pickup on bleeding green nation. If you have, uh, my apologies for not seeing it this morning. If you're telling me you're holding off till uh, you put it up on the site, I guess we got to be okay with that. But if you want to give us a number, give us a number. If not, just give us a feel on how tonight's game's going to go. 
maybe it's the contrarian to me, but I just I don't want to go along with everyone else saying, and I and I get why you do. It's certainly logical that it's going to be another close game. I'm going to say the Eagles win this by two scores. I think wow. it's a it's a t- it's a game they control. I think it's close ish towards you know maybe middle of the fourth quarter, and they come out with one of those signature drives that they have that kind of just eat a lot of clock and they move the ball down the field. They score a touchdown. They go up 38 to 28, and they don't look back from there. They win this game. Well, that's one thing wow. you and I agree on. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Some people are saying, I think the under is 9-1 and one in Monday Night Football this year. For some reason, they're, they're low-scoring mm-hmm. Monday night games. I think it's going to be high-scoring just like the Super Bowl last year. One of the two teams are playing into the 30s, and I wouldn't be surprised if both played into the 30s again. And BLG's got them winning handily. Brandon, we appreciate whatever you hop on. Thank you much. We'll certainly be checking out Bleeding Green Nation in the morning after the game. Thank you for jumping in with us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brandon Lee Gouton, Bleeding Green Nation, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Bill Colarulo in for uh, Johnny Mac. We may or may not be getting Johnny Mac up from uh, KC. There's some hotel Wi-Fi issues. If we can, we're certainly going to punch him up. If not, uh, be... uh, BC and I'll be kicking it around again. And we will add Mark Farzetta to the mix in our number two. Mark Farz is here every day with the Farzy Show, of course, but we haven't had him on Bleeding Green Nation in, uh, I think, more than a month. So uh, Farzy definitely going to be part of our number two. Keep it here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed the most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower, 
on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by... BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. It is game day here on Birds 365. Jody Mack with Bill Colorado in for John McMullen. Oh, no, wait. There's John McMullen live from Kansas City in uh, his plush hotel room. Good man, they're springing for you there, big guy. Uh, J Mack made it safe and sound. Uh, need your take on personal reasons. Not you as to why you weren't here for the start of the show. No, I mean... Uh, the Eagles defensive end, Derek Barnett, not going to play tonight due to personal reasons. Uh, 
<clears throat> you got any insight? You got any uh, skinny? You got any dirt on that particular situation? Uh, no dirt necessarily, other than I, I think everybody's assessments of the situation are probably correct in that uh, Derek's not very happy right now. Derek um, understands that uh, his role is gone, and I don't think he's too happy about it. Now, that's not to say, um, you know, something couldn't have happened, uh, but I did see him trying to think of what day it is for Monday, uh, Friday, I, I saw him at the Novacare complex at the back of the auditorium. Um, so, you know, anything can happen at any time, but I, I think the timing of before the buy and it was a healthy scratch and you and I had speculated and, you know, was that going to be an ongoing thing? Mm, I'm starting to think it's going to be an ongoing thing. But Johnny, what could Derek Barnett possibly be upset about when the guy's got more penalties in his career than he does sacks? They've given him every opportunity. What is he upset about? He hasn't proven it on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But, you know, he is a human being and, uh, you know, he gets criticized a lot and some people take it better than others. And I don't think he's taking it well right now. And I think he sees the end of the road in Philadelphia. Um, and it is what it is. I mean, if you go back to what he was billed as, as the first round pick in 2017 and breaking all Reggie White's sack records at Tennessee, you know, that right alone was kind of silly, but, that's where people started, and now it looks like where it's going to end. And you're right. The Eagles have, have constantly talked about him and, and, and propped him up and said he's more valuable than people outside the building realize. Um, why? Why? Because he's a human being and he's taking it the way he's taking it. Maybe he's listening to the show and all the hate Jody spews at him. Um, Jody's not the only one He gets it from, uh, all quarters, but, uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, it happens all in every city. There's certain players that, uh, you know, I remember Nate Gary here got a lot of criticism and, and it's not easy for those players generally, but when you have a first round pick who doesn't work out and Jalen Rager is probably a better example. I mean, Jalen Rager. He's a nice kid, but he didn't perform, and he got shat upon by by critics constantly. So it's not fun for those guys, certainly, but it is a bottom line business, and everybody knows it. And you get paid yeah. a lot of money, and that's part of it. Yeah, it really sucks, Bill, when hate meets facts, and they just uh, <laughs> happen to point out the fact that a guy can't play, yep. and they made a mistake when they brought him back on the contract again last time. Sorry if you consider that hate. I consider those facts. Um, let's talk facts, Johnny Mac. Patrick Mahomes against Jalen Hurts. Last year's MVP against last year's runner-up. Right now, this year's MVP leader by this much over Jalen Hurts. Whoever wins this game is going to be the, I don't want to say runaway, but significant leader in the MVP, doesn't it? And I love a motivated Jalen Hurts. When Jalen Hurts is motivated, he plays dynamite football. He won't tell us this, and we'll get to judge his 
condition of his knee for ourselves when he gets out there on the field. You'll have a better look from the press box than us at home watching on TV. I like the fact that Jalen Hurts is coming into this game with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. How about you? I think Jalen Hurts lives his life with a chip on his shoulder. I, I think that's sort of been embedded into his psyche as a player um, for whatever reason. And it, 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 it goes long before Philadelphia or the draft. And I think it even goes long before Alabama and getting benched there. Um, he's, you know, we talked about a lot. He's the, you know, I just talked about players taking things the wrong way, perhaps. He's the opposite, uh, you know, and maybe it stems from his um, upbringing as a coach's son. Nick Sirianni talks about that a lot. That's what they have in common. So they're used to being criticized. They're used to taking constructive criticism in a, in a positive fashion instead of a negative fashion. Um, so I don't think he's got a chip on his shoulder because he – wants to win the MVP from Patrick Mahomes. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because there's always going to be, because of his style of play, uh, there's always going to be critics. And he, he, and he does a good job of avoiding that in public, but he knows it. And he, he uses that as fuel. Um, and Nick Sirianni talks about it all the time. If you use something... Even if it's not true, if you use it in a positive way, great. If it, mm -hmm. if it motivates you, if it takes you in a negative direction, it's not great. So, uh, but he 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 takes everything in a positive direction. I think that's fair to say. And we know this offensive staff loves to throw the football. We've seen it week after week. Tonight, going up against a Chiefs defense that's very good against the pass, not as great against the run. What do you think the offensive game plan is tonight, John? Um, I, I think a lot of it depends on Jalen's health. And he uh, got rid of the knee sleeve uh, coming back from the bye. So hopefully he's um, hopefully he's healthier. Hopefully the RPO is back in the offense. And if it is, then it comes down to the usual, usual eagle psyche, which is basically – what are you going to do? All right, we'll take this. Um, if you're going to do that, we'll take this. So, you know, I always say, and people ask me this every week, Bill, every week, is it going to be a run, uh, run first game plan, pass first game plan? Should Jalen Hurts first game plan? It always is. Um, and that's what the Eagles are. And they don't care about the other team. There's a level of haughtiness to this team. I think sometimes too much, but you could argue they've earned it. So, you know, basically we ask Nick Sirianni every week, what do you like? What do you like? What matchup do you like? Almost every week ad nauseum, he says, our offensive line, our receivers. And they don't give a rat's you-know-what about who, who the other team has because they think they have an advantage every single week. As as I would say, pretty much, well, they should, because uh, yeah. they are as talented units as they are. That being said, analytics factored in. Coin toss tonight. Comes up Eagles. Nick Sirianni's choice would be 
to defer and or take the ball. See, as he loves the matchup of his offensive line week in and week out. He loves his wide receivers week in and week out. Wouldn't you want to take the ball first and go, let's establish where we have the dominance in this game, Johnny Mac? Yeah, you can keep running that up the flagpole, Jody. Ain't happening. Uh, I don't even think it has to do with analytics. It's just, you know, it really stems from Bill Belichick sort of sandwiching the, the first half in the, in the third quarter with scores. If you could do that, you're going to win virtually every game. Now it's obviously easier said than done, but that's why everybody defers. In the case of the Eagles, I, I you know, in this particular game, I mean, as strange as it sounds, the Kansas City offense has been the one that's struggling for the past four or five games, and the Kansas City defense has been carrying them. I, we typically don't see that, but this is not the typical Chiefs where you're worried about them putting up 35 points. And if you do give up 35 points, you're going to lose the game, and you probably deserve to lose the game because this has not been an explosive offense over recent weeks. And you mentioned that Chiefs defense. We all know how good Chris Jones is. Who else has impressed you on that side of the ball for Kansas City? Uh, Trent McDuffie, um, I think, most notably. I, You know, there's a lot of talk about that secondary and how much, it, how much it's been improved. And all of that is true. Um, and they played a, a, a lot of rookies um, and very young players in, in, in winning the Super Bowl. And now they're sort of garnering the, the good effects of, of that particular um, uh, experience that those guys had on such a big stage and were able to persevere. But he's the one guy who I think has showed up and he's just a good player. Um, there's, there's, you know, you can say, like we said a lot with the Eagles and their fronts, it, it's so good at times it makes the, the back seven look better than it typically does. And, and, and maybe it would be in other situations. Same thing with Chris Jones, uh, to a lesser extent, but he's just picked up. He's just flat out good. And, you know, there are other, I would say they're, if we're using the NBA mentality, uh, they're they're the third of the big three would be <clears throat> Nick Bolton, who was injured right now, but Willie Gay has kind of stepped up as well, so he's he's playing well. So they have three, you know, they have playmakers on all three levels, and that's generally what you see um, when you have good defenses, and that's what Kansas City right has right now. And I should add George Karloftis because he's turned into a a real big edge rusher for them and a nice compliment to Chris Jones up front. Um, so it's very good, very talented defense. Off-field conversations aside, that would be swift conversations, um, the Kansas City tight end scares the snot out of me coming into this game. Uh, the Eagles have had problems covering tight ends all year long, and now they have to try and contain the best tight end on the planet. What are they going to throw at them, Johnny Mac? Or is there a uh, defense that they've been holding back that uh, Sean decides been waiting to spring on us and or a way to at least limit a tight end, the best tight end in football? Or is this going to be just hold your breath every time Kelsey goes out for a pass? Um, yeah, probably hold your breath. <laughs> no, they're not rolling out. They're not saving game plans. Uh, 
uh, for this time of year. Uh, now, I think they'll get a little bit better, as we said. You know, uh, Kevin Byard has a history of, of playing Travis Kelsey well, or at least as well as you can uh, at times in the past in Tennessee, they've matched up. Um, and, and he's getting more comfortable the more he plays, obviously. He should get a little bit more comfortable, should get incrementally better. Uh, and then uh, Bradley Roby's back in the slot, so that should help as well, at least settle down. So now you have four players, four of the five, Slade, Bradbury, uh, Roby, Byer, just high IQ, know how to play. Maybe they're not as good as they once were, um, but they're not going to make egregious mistakes, and, and that alone I think should help uh, the Eagles' uh, passing defense. And the second part is, you know, it's it's at least nice to try to deal with uh, Travis Kelsey when you don't have to worry about a Tyreek Hill or, or a big-time receiver as well. Uh, so that should help. And I think that's sort of what Kansas City and Andy Reid is fighting through right now, trying to figure out that second guy or at least somebody who can threaten opposing defenses. Sticking with that defense, John, we were all hopeful in the Super Bowl the Eagles were going to be able to get after Patrick Mahomes. Weren't able to do it. We know this Kansas City Chiefs offense, some of it's their offensive line, a lot of it's Patrick Mahomes, number one in the league and giving up sacks. Can this Eagles D-line get to Patrick Mahomes tonight? No, not in the conventional fashion. I mean, he's not – He's Patrick Mahomes is – I just talked about high football IQ. He, he's that on the opposite side. He's, he's, he's Peyton Manning. He's Tom Brady. He's too smart. He's not going to take a six-sack game. Ain't going to happen. Uh, the ball's going to come out um, when he wants it to come out. And he's going to be very judicious when he extends plays. And, you know, if you watch the game last night, Josh Dobbs, you know, the, the clock struck midnight. He couldn't deal with the pressure. Uh, Patrick can deal with the pressure. So um, he, he understands when he needs to get rid of the football, when he can extend plays. Um, and you're not going to get a big sack game. Now, can you disrupt him? Yes. But that's more esoteric, and that's – I always go back to the Giants winning Super Bowls against the Patriots, and people talk about the helmet catch and uh, Asante Samuel and blah, 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 blah. The Giants won both of those Super Bowls because of their front and and mainly interior pressure right up the middle on, on Tom Brady. Can the Eagles do that with Jalen Carter and company? Yes, but as far as – when you pick up the box score tomorrow and we're talking, you're not going to see a lot of sacks. Uh, agreed. But this is where, and you and I love talking about this, I'll give you the benefit. Now, pressures could be key. Make Mahomes throw it earlier than he wants to throw it. And maybe he's not as deadly or as accurate as he is. You know, I believe in the sack more with the pressure. You give more pre credits for pressures. Pressures could be key tonight if they get Mahomes getting out, getting it out even earlier than he wants to. All right, Johnny Mac, you got to go on the record here, brother. Got to make a pick on tonight's game. Eagles, Chiefs, what's that final score going to look like? 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, it's hard for me to pick against the Eagles at this stage. It's it's a very difficult environment. You know, I landed here last night. You see that, you know, there's certain cities and you're like, eh, yeah, you know, the Eagles are going to have no problem. This is not one of them. Uh, it's going to be a tough environment. Uh, they love their football team here as well they should with all the success. You see Patrick Mahomes stuff, the Chiefs stuff. From the moment you step off the airplane, um, it's a little bit different here. It's a little bit tough. I'm wavering. I'm wavering. But I'm still picking the Eagles. And I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than people expect probably because they're talking about Patrick. what we talked about, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and MVP. Um, but I think it's going to be 23-ish. 16-ish Eagles. 23, 16 Eagles. All right. Uh, yeah, you and I are in disagreement on the overall way the game's going to play. I think it's going to be higher scoring than most people think. And I it's going to rain. I, I'm not sure it's going to rain a little bit. Maybe that factors into it as well. Uh, was it raining when you got off the plane? Uh, no, it was not. No no rain, but it's supposed to it rain. It had rained. It was wet, but it wasn't raining okay. uh, when I got off the plane. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, hope to have you back on here tomorrow. Seems like the Wi-Fi held up. Appreciate you jumping in. Uh, we will talk in the morning. Enjoy the game tonight, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for filling in, Bill. No problem. I'll probably see you tonight on the pregame show right here on Jacob Sports. All right, let's do it. There you thanks, go. guys. Pregame stuff here on Jacob Sports. Oh, good that you brought that up, Bill. Thank you very much because part of that coverage will be Mark Farzetta. Farzetta's going to jump in with us next. You got him on the Farsi show and the pregame show here on Jacob uh, Sports for the Eagles. He'll be on tonight. He'll be on next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Megan, uh, you got the Mega Mac show here on Birds 3 Fit 65, but it's... Mac and Mr. Carullo today, filling in for Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac was just on. So we're rounding up all our buddies today. That would include Mark Farzetta from the Farzy Show and the Eagles uh, pregame show there on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I had Farzy. So did the Farzy Show. I asked you to join us. You got the pregame show tonight. When exactly is your nap today? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think it's happening, Jody. My nap today is at about 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. That's 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 what I'll be looking forward to nap time. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. So, uh, you know, I know where you're coming from. All right, Farzy, the buildup has been 15 days worth, and we're all just dying for the game to get started so we can sink our teeth into Eagle football again. What's the biggest plus for the Eagles coming out of the bye? We know what some of the downsides are. Andy Reid is good as he is against the bye. But getting healthy, self-scouting, what do you think the Eagles, when the game's over and done, what we're going to go? Yeah, that that that's an improve because of the downtime they had. If I see Jalen Hurts have the same type of mobility, agility, and speed and aggression running the football, then I'll know he's damn near 100%. And as they always say, no one's 100% after your first game as a rookie. So as close to 100%. That's the biggest thing coming out of the bye week is getting healthy. It's, it's his knee. It's not having that sleeve on his knee. It's Cam Jurgens being back at the right guard position. It's uh, Bradley Roby being back at the nickel corner position. Getting healthy is absolutely by far the number one thing coming out of the bye. The second thing, and maybe this falls in line to the self-scouting, but it's what I'm looking forward to after the bye week is Kevin Byard is underachieved in this to this point of his very brief Eagles career. I'm hoping time away, the, 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 the bye week gave him time to just memorize his playbook, hopefully build some sort of chemistry with his teammates coming back and being able to attack at full throttle as being opposed to being thrown into the mix after a recent trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm hoping we get a little bit more from Kevin Byer than an obvious, obviously the the health is the biggest part of it. And what matchup are you looking forward to seeing tonight? Because there's a lot of good ones between the Eagles and the Chiefs on both sides of the football. 
What's Farzi looking forward to the most? Bill, my friend, here's what I'm looking for. Uh, the Eagles have done what since Andy Reid left Philadelphia, since he was fired here over a decade ago? They have done what? They have continued to follow Andy Reid's footsteps of building the trenches up. And, and uh, every single draft, Howie Roseman continues to talk about, you know, there's no question about it. We, we, we start in the trenches here. We start on the line. We live and die by the line, that whole thing. So the matchup between an Andy Reid team and an Andy Reid philosophy team which is basically just good football as far as i'm concerned is going to be about the trenches it's going to be about this eagles offensive line holding up against a team that and i know steve spagnolo has a reputation for being a good aggressive defensive coordinator he ain't that aggressive at least not in the way we like to see teams be aggressive he depends on that front four to get that push so this offensive line has to be up to that task i mentioned cam jurgens already as far as just coming back hopefully that opens up things for the run game obviously you hope that protects a guy like jalen hurts but this offensive line is going to get one of the biggest tests, if not the biggest test to this point this season in taking on that Kansas City Chiefs defensive line. We all know about Chris Jones, how he can get after the quarterback, the push he has in the middle. We know about that from the Super Bowl. And then on the other side of the thing, for the Eagles defensive line to go after that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, Hassan Reddick turning it on ever since he has had that cast off his hand has been spectacular. Seeing a guy like Josh Sweat have the season that he's had, if you're the Eagles, and you are at all, not using it as an excuse, not hanging your hat on it, but if you just believe that the football field affected you more in Super Bowl 57 than it affected the Kansas City Chiefs, here's an opportunity for Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick to show, well, we can still get after it. If we can get that edge coming off, if we can get that angle coming off the edge, we can bring Patrick Mahomes down, and we could have done it in the Super Bowl had it not been for the field. So I think it would be all about the trenches in this game. Be careful tonight, Farzee. The Chiefs have a couple of linebackers who have gotten sacks this year. <laughs> Spagnolo will throw you a curve every once in a while with how he is going to bring pressure. I, we know that Dallas Goddard's out of the lineup, and he is a key contributor. Not the number one contributor, but a key contributor in their passing game. The amount of catches, the amount of targets that he gets are going to be split up. Who's going to get the most? <laughs> Jack Stoll? We know he can block, and yeah. the quarterback kind of trusts him. He doesn't throw him a ton, but when he does throw it, he catches it. Julio Jones, that many more. Four wide receivers. Is this a Lama Day's breakout? The throws to Dallas Goddard are going to go elsewhere. Where would you say they go most? Or you just throw it that much more to A.J. Brown? You throw it to him plenty enough, maybe more than any other wide receiver in the league. Just throw it to him a couple more times. <laughs> How are the yeah, Dallas Goddard throws going to go? I, I mean, I think it is going to be more heavy, heavily reliant on A.J. Brown. Of course, Steve Spagnuolo is going to be the first thing he's looking at. But he has just found a way to always be open, to quote him, Always be open, and that's what he always is, open, no matter what the kind of coverage is. And the 50-50 balls are more like 90-10 balls when thrown at A.J. Brown. So that's definitely a, a, a possibility and probably the favorite there. The other idea is, yeah, I would love to see a guy like Julio Jones get more targets, especially if you're talking about red zone type of uh, production there. Uh, Zacchaeus, I, I think they run certain plays for him, few and far between, but I think they run certain plays for him where Jalen Hurts has him as that number one guy. We saw it work in a negative way going into the bye week in that Dallas Cowboys game where they were backed up against their own goal line, and you saw a couple of odd plays. One was to A.J. Brown. One was to Alameda Zacchaeus on the third and long. It just struck me as odd. But as far as the tight end position goes, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of targets to the tight ends, whether it's Big O or Big Al, however you like to refer to them as, whether it's Stoll. I think those guys are just going to be brought in to simply 
help in the run game, help in the pass block game. Because, yes, every once in a while, they do send their linebackers into the backfield. But for the majority of it, it is that front four push. I, I think it goes to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think you ride the two guys that you know can get open and give you consistent production on this offense. So when it comes to distributing the targets or the receptions, I think you're just going to see bigger games from A.J. Brown and a bigger game from Devontae Smith. Looking at that Chiefs offense, Farzee, we know Andy Reid. We've had our complaints about him running the football in the past when he was here. No one's been able to run the football on this Eagles defense. Chiefs haven't ran the ball that well this season on offense, but they did run it well in Super Bowl 57. Do you expect the Chiefs to even try to establish the run tonight against this Eagles defense? I, I think with the – it's funny because we talked about this Andy Reid for 14 years here in Philadelphia. He's like, oh, wow, you have a red-hot Brian Westbrook. You're going to run the ball this game. No, you didn't run the ball. Yeah, and Isaiah Pacheco will be able to run the ball up and down the field on the Eagles, especially in the second half in that Super Bowl. So they're obviously going to go to him. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, it, I would like to say that Andy Reid's going to do it. I just don't think he is going to do it. And, yes, this Eagles defense has been fantastic at stopping the run. You mentioned the best in the NFL at doing it. Conversely, the Kansas City Chiefs are a very middle-of-the-road run defense team. So maybe you'll see the Eagles run the ball a little bit more in this game, especially with Cam Jurgens coming back. I don't think it's ever going to be something that Andy Reid is reliant on, regardless of success in the past, regardless of the conditions, whatever the conditions are in Kansas City tonight. I saw that there might be some rain in the forecast there. Uh, but I don't think that they are going to go into this game and say, you know what, Pacheco's going to beat him today. We're going to make sure we're feeding Pacheco. That's not the way they're going to go about it. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's going to get involved in this. That whole uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense, everyone's at their disposal, especially if you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes running around scrambling behind the line of scrimmage trying to buy time. So I don't think it's going to come down to the run game being a big factor for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Andy Reid has the perfect excuse built in. He's, face he's facing the best defense against it in the, in the league. Farzee, it's funny because I'm not afraid of Pacheco tonight. I like the kid. He's a tough player. Rutgers tough. I like Rutgers tough guys. <laughs> um, you know who does scare me a little bit is Jarek McKinnon. Hmm. The Eagles have not faced a lot of good running backs catching the ball out of the backfield this year. The schedule just hasn't handed that to them for us to be able to judge him on it. I think Brees Hall had about five catches for 50 yards in the lone Eagle loss this year. And McKinnon, although he hasn't been a big factor this year in years gone by, he's been a really good uh, guy catching a ball out of the backfield, specifically down by the red zone where he's been a, uh, I think he had nine touchdowns or something ridiculous like that last year. He's got three this year, even though he doesn't get the ball much, he's got three, which guess what would put him in, Second place for most touchdowns for the Chiefs because they spread the ball out to everybody. You got Kelsey, you got Rice, and then you got McKinnon with three touchdowns. Eagles d up a back coming out of the backfield. McKinnon gets the ball more than a couple times tonight. That give you any pause? I think there's a big play in there. I I, I definitely thought about that. McKinnon is a guy that can that can beat you on a big play like that. And the Eagles, especially if they're playing like we've seen them play so often with their defensive backs playing off the line of scrimmage seven or eight yards, that can be a problem, especially if you're setting up that screen and you get the offensive line out there in space making room for them. And Andy Reid, as we also know here in Philly, not shy of running the screen game. So, yeah, that could be a big issue, especially if they disguise it well, especially if Mahomes waits long enough to suck in that defensive line and get them out of the line, uh, line of sight. If you're talking about a mismatch, I like Sean Desai a lot, but one thing he has done pretty consistently is make sure those cornerbacks are playing off the line of scrimmage. That only gives the offensive line more time to get out there, and you do have a guy that can catch well. 
You have a guy that can uh, run the ball well after the catch as well. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are a great team in being able to get those yards after catching. They can go with McKinnon there as well. So that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at in this game, and I think that that is a mismatch when it comes to Desai uh, versus Andy Reid and the type of offense Desai is going to be seeing tonight. Farzi, you mentioned those corners playing off the line of scrimmage, and we, we have the luxury of watching the games every week with Seth Joyner, and that's something that drives him crazy <laughs> is how far off the line these guys are. But it would make sense. You just look at the stats tonight, and it would make sense that this would be the game to get those corners up to the line. I told um, BGL from Bleeding Green, the Kansas City Chiefs are 29th in the league in yards before catch. They're only averaging 4.6 yards when Patrick Mahomes throws the ball in the air, they're throwing a lot of short passes. So is there any chance that this is the week we see Sean Desai say, you know what, get up in these receivers' faces. They don't have a lot of speed. They're not going to beat as deep. Let's get in their face. Let's play a little jam coverage here to try to give our guys a chance to get to Mahomes. Similar to Andy Reid and the run game. It's just something that they're not comfortable doing. I would love to see it. I think it would be a good curveball. Like one thing that one thing that is that is odd to me is that Sean Desai is willing to take a guy in a matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and take a guy like James Bradbury and say, "Hey, get in the slot. We're going to need you in the slot. We're going to make that kind of drastic adjustment." But there have been other things that you haven't seen that adjustment, and that leads me more to believe that there is a well-defined blueprint by Nick Sirianni of what he likes his defense to look like. He doesn't meddle in it beyond the blueprint. Hey, look, here's the plot of land you could build the house on. Here's the blueprint, but go follow this as closely as possible. For whatever reason, allowing the big play is still the biggest fear they have. They talk about it from an offensive perspective about how that's what they strive for in games, those quote-unquote splash plays that they refer to. Defensively, they're terrified of them. So if they're going to have their corners playing off, they feel comfortable doing that, even if the stats, as you highlight there, Bill, dictate the opposite. This is how we're comfortable playing. We don't want to step out of our comfort zone in order to play it. All right. Uh, Andy Reid's record after a bye, including postseason, where you can get a first game off. because Oh, is he good? Jody, is he good? You tell me. 28 and 4. I think that's a pretty good record to have. Um, However... Nick Sirianni in his compared to Andy Reid's somewhat short coaching career is three and oh. So that means his winning percentage is 1,000. Mm. Andy Reid's is not. Now, Andy's got 25 more wins after a bye than Nick Sirianni does, but three and oh is three and oh. Is there an advantage to be had? Out of the bye between these two teams. I, yeah, I think the Eagles needed it more than the Chiefs. The Eagles needed to get healthy more than the Chiefs did. I, I wish I knew the answer to this. Look, it, it took Andy Reid, I believe, nine or ten years to lose his first game after a bye. I think that was the, the first, like, chink in the armor. 13. Was it 13? It was a 13? Okay, okay. It was 13 years regular season. Okay, years regular season. Uh, Okay, that's insane. So, yeah. hey, look, hey, you know, Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, he's already, you know, Andy Reid, the, 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 the pinnacle for him as an Eagles head coach was getting to a Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni's already done that. You know, and now Ooh. Nick Sirianni is on the way to maybe uh, 14 straight wins after the bye. So uh, maybe history is on the Eagles side in this, in this, uh, th- in this uh, idea. Uh, but Andy Reid, is still the is still the same coach as far as pre-game preparation goes. He'll out game plan anybody. I know people talk about the run game. 
They talk about the run-to-pass ratio. But ultimately, what did not make Andy Reid as successful as a successful head coach here in Philadelphia as he has been as he has been in Kansas City, it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's getting better at clock management. It's getting better with second-half adjustments. And those are two things that we never really saw Andy improve upon in his time here in Philadelphia. In his next job there in Kansas City, looks like he's improved pretty well on that. It also helps, again, to have Patrick Mahomes. I'm not excluding that. But it's all about the game plan for Andy Reid. If the Eagles have him in the second half, they win this game. It's as simple as that. If they can get past the game plan, get past the scheme, get past the plan, and make him adjust his game plan, maybe with a little press coverage, maybe with uh, doing things you don't you normally don't see from Sean Desai, that's where you beat Andy Reid in the second half. They they were able to just shut down the Eagles and not turn the football over, obviously, in the second half of the Super Bowl. And that's where they really made sure that they took advantage of every single mistake the Eagles made and lack of aggression from the Eagles in that second half of the Super Bowl. This would be an example for the Eagles to be able to maybe counterpunch Andy Reid's game plan. If they have him in the second half, they'll win this game. And this probably means nothing, but I'm going to try to take a little solace in this omen. The last regular season game that Andy Reid lost after a bye was week 11, November 19th, against an NFC East opponent. Tonight, week 11, November 20th, against an NFC East opponent. Maybe, maybe it's an omen. Probably not. Maybe, maybe. Probably maybe. not. <laughs> well, good, good knowledge there, Bill. What, what year are we talking about here? You're talking, it was, uh, I think, six seasons ago. November 19th, 2017, against the New York Giants. They lost in overtime 12-9. Wow. Okay, so, so you so only had back. to go back only six years to find the last time. That, okay, that, yeah, only that, that, only six years. Only I, six I, years. I, I will say this though, I think for a game like this tonight, all the history and all, including the stats, I think all, at a game like this tonight, which no player should admit this, no coach should admit this, this game is bigger than anything on the schedule. This game is bigger, and I don't believe in winning the Super Bowl tonight. And I love that that's been a mantra in the Novacare Complex for the last two weeks. You know, you can't win the, you can't get a ring on Monday night. Fine. Mm -hmm. Nobody, the, the Eagles especially, because they were the losers in that game, unfortunately. But you can't beat the Chiefs twice in one night. You can't beat them a year ago tonight, and you can't beat them a year ago tonight when you're facing them for your own right to go nine and one on the season and maintain your dominance, not just in the NFL, but obviously more specifically, the NFC East. And the NFC. So that, to me, is something that the Eagles have to push aside that history and just go out there, and this has to be played like the stage that it is. It's well-deserving of the stage that it has tonight, which is not just a revenge game or a rematch of the Super Bowl. Forget about that. Concentrate more on that. This could be a Super Bowl 58 preview. That's the bigger thing that the Eagles have to focus on tonight. It's another measuring stick game, and it's the best measuring stick game you could possibly have. The defending champs, that beat you, but you could face again for an opportunity to have a real revenge game, one that matters more than anything in Super Bowl 58. All right, Farzi, I need you to give me a scale number, nervousness scale number from zero to ten. Zero being, ha-ha, I laugh at you, McDonald. How dare you say nervousness? Okay. Ten being... Excuse me, I've soiled myself. I must go clean up. Mm. Uh, zero to ten. Nervousness on Bradbury tonight. He was pro, all pro level last year. Yeah, this yeah. year 
he's been taken advantage of. Teams have just flat out beat him. Man-to-man coverage, getting beat by himself. No, they have no star wide receiver coming at them this year. And I doubt they're going back to dropping him down to the slot to cover Travis Kelsey. Although he speculated that when he was doing it during camp. Ooh, they're doing it for week nine when they got to play Travis Kelsey. Here's how many pl- plays are going to cover Travis Kelsey tonight. None. Uh, but the fact that Bradbury has been beat this year, what's your nervousness level, zero to ten? Um, I would say I'm at about a seven, and I'm nervous. I'm closer to the soiling myself part than I am the ha 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 Jody McDonald. Um, he's had a terrible year, and I would I, if I'm waving pom poms and I'm like, oh, the bye week, he's 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 reset the table. He's probably not healthier now. He's back and he's fine. I got nothing on that. I have no reason to believe that all of a sudden there's going to be some turnaround. Here's what's upsetting. Last year, James Bradbury was pissed that the Giants let him go, and the Giants let him go to the Eagles. Now he's re-signed on a nice deal with the Eagles, and he got snubbed on the top 100 list as far as I'm concerned. Uh, He was a hell of a defensive back last year, as we all know. You can certainly argue in the second half of the season he was the best defensive back on this Eagles team. Mm -hmm. Certainly corner. So for me, I would love to say that he's going to find that edge again. He's going to find that type of motivation again. He's going to find that way to pull focus in the game. But when Patrick Mahomes is behind the line of scrimmage and he's scrambling around, one of the guys that I have the least amount of confidence in is James Bradbury staying with his man. And I never thought I'd say that after last year's performance. But that's where I am right now. Yeah. So closer to soiling myself, Jody. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We we got it. You don't have to give us complete details, but – well, thank you for playing along. I catch appreciate. Me half, catch me at halftime when I'm with Bill, and Bill, we'll we'll let you know where I am at on that chart. Yeah, I get uh, <laughs> there. It was it was a try and get a yuck question. Exact details we don't really need on the soiling themselves. <laughs> Farzi, you look at you look at last year's team and compare it to this year's team. Both teams obviously eight and one, but last year's team had a plus. 13 turnover differential through nine games this year they're a negative two it's amazing that they've been been able to continue to win games with a negative turnover differential in this league who do you think wins the turnover battle tonight eagles or the chiefs let's give you a ray dinger like pause right there uh i wish i could i wish i could say it's the eagles but the eagles have not done that all year and again, if I'm waving pom-poms and I'm all about the second half of the season, they really turn it around with the turnovers. The biggest difference between the Eagles this year, the Eagles last year, and the Eagles that won the Super Bowl is turnovers. In 2017, you could hang your hat on a fourth quarter turnover. This year, you've been more inclined to hang your hat on a fourth quarter sack than you have a turnover. So the defense has made plays, but they haven't taken the ball away. And that's how the 2017 Eagles slammed the door on their opponents is, oh, there's a little momentum now for the Washington uh, Commanders or the Washington football team. There's a little momentum now for the Giants. Turnover. The little momentum for the Carolina Panthers early in the season. Turnover. Like That's the way they won football games in 2017. Last year, we saw it at a little bit higher rate, not as much in the fourth quarter, but a higher rate. That second half of the Super Bowl there against the Kansas City Chiefs, I was waiting for that moment where the Chiefs would cough up the football. They're not going to do it. I think the best thing that the Eagles can hope for with their pressure and keeping guys back in coverage while relying on your edge rushers and your interior defensive linemen to get in the backfield. I think the best thing the Eagles can hope for is continuing Patrick Mahomes on his record pace 
for the amount of times he's run and yards in a season he has gained on the ground. If they do that, I think they do a phenomenal job. Then they will do a phenomenal job of making sure he is not giving up those big splash plays. He's not throwing those haymakers at your defense. You could keep him to five, six, maybe even a 10-yard run. As long as he's not throwing the football down the field 25 yards, then you'll be good to go. But it's not going to be about the turnovers tonight because I just don't think the Eagles are going to get them. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. But if I'm playing it by ear and what we have seen from this Chiefs team so far this season is if you continue to let Patrick Mahomes run the football, you're not going to be giving up those big plays. And that, to the Eagles, will be a win. All right, Farzi, there are a couple undefeated streaks on the line tonight. We've touched on a, a few of them. Uh, Nick Sirianni, 3-0 after buys, undefeated. Andy Reid against Philadelphia Eagles since he left, 4-0, undefeated. Let's say those two cancel each other out. Chiefs undefeated with Taylor Swift in the house, and she's going to be there tonight. And, oh, by the way, if you check the games, or at least she's supposed to be there tonight. I don't think she's going to be there tonight. Has that been made official? She announced. I now let me just preface this by saying, I hate that I know this. <laughs> okay. Taylor Swift postponed her concert from Saturday to Monday night in Rio de Janeiro because of extreme heat. Like a fan died. Yeah, fan uh, died. I mean, That's yeah. why I'm. I, I knew that there was a fan. The cancel has been rescheduled for tonight. I did not know that. the The concert was rescheduled for Monday night, so it does not appear she's going to be there. Uh, the Kansas oh, then that's it. The Eagles are going to win. I'm changing my <laughs> mind right here, right now. It's all over. We can wrap it up, Xander. We can put a we can put a bow on this show. Yeah. It's over and yeah. done with. If Taylor Swift's not in the house, the Eagles are winning tonight. There you go. There they go. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have no chance without uh, Taylor Swift. We have the only winning Swift on the field. Are you tired of that joke? Are you tired yeah, of that joke? I'm tired of that joke. I'm sorry. But, yeah. no. I, so, apparently, she's not going to be there. I don't know if the Kelseys and the Swifts are going to be meeting in the luxury box. Sans Tay-Tay being there? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she has her concert tonight. I know you got tickets to it, Jody, so I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, the concert has been yeah, rescheduled for fly, tonight. Flying to Rio as soon as the show is over. I'll be back for Birds 365 <laughs> in the morning now. I got a, uh, a, a, my own personal jet flying me back after the show. Yeah, uh, man. So, so the Swifts have screwed. The parents are screwed. Did they get their tickets canceled? If Taylor's not going to be there, sorry, stay home. I don't know. I think they just take the other private jet to the game. Come on. You don't have two private jets. I mean, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Well, Taylor's got two. I only got one. So She's got a fleet. She's got a fleet. I'm telling you. They're, they're all doing okay. All right. So uh, knowing that Taylor's not going to be in the house for it, Zeta, we need to pick on the game. What way yeah. is this going tonight, Eagles Chiefs? Uh, uh, shout out real quick to Kylie uh, Kylie Kelsey. Just imagine this girl from our area was about to have a night with Taylor Swift out of nowhere. Like, how about that? I feel bad for her. Uh, my pick on the game is that the Eagles win this football game. I think at times it's going to be difficult to watch, but I feel the Eagles will win this game by a score of 28 to 24. 28-24. Where are you at, Bill? I haven't given it yet, but it's he oh, it okay. Yet. He okay. gets okay. Uh, he gets to okay. wait till the last segment along with me. Okay. And now what? I got to rethink the whole stupid thing because I thought Taylor Swift was going to be at the game. <laughs> I did a video. I did a video on my Instagram with Ray Didinger about how Taylor Swift sang the national anthem when she was 11 years old. That's the, the Sixers game, and that was all I've ever talked about. I I am not a Taylor Swift Kelsey guy. 
you should have seen all the hate that came in my comments. Like, not you too, Bill, please, with this Taylor Swift talk, please. But I thought it was interesting that she sang the national anthem when she was 11 years old Yeah, at the Sixers game. Hey, here's an unpopular, here's an unpopular opinion. I'm happy for them. I am uh, delighted for Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor here. Swift. They found puppy love. This is beautiful. Good for them. You know what? I like seeing the videos of them, you know, you know being happy. Because, you know, in a couple of years, it'll be like, did you eat my General So's? Did you eat my General So's? Like, we all know how it goes. Come on, people. Be happy for them. Yeah, you're just a hater for that. I, I can't. <laughs> MF, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for hopping on. Uh, he will be part of the pregame show tonight. He'll be back with the Fargy show tomorrow. Mark Farzetta, go get a nap. I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. Thanks, Jody. Bill, see you tonight, bud. See you that tonight, is- man. Mark Farzetta here with us on Birds 365. All right. That's why we punch Farzi up. He's got inside Taylor Swift knowledge. I knew that there was a tragedy at a concert down in, in South America that um, a uh, fan had passed away, dehydration. Uh, I guess they're crazy down here in Brazil uh, when it's any kind of a massive outdoor event, be it a soccer game or a concert or whatever. Uh, and there was a, a tragic uh, ending uh, with a loss of life the other night. I did not know they had rescheduled it for tonight. Um, and you know what? If that's the case, good on Taylor Swift. I know she likes Kelsey, and uh, we got enough video of them uh, sharing embraces, and he made it down to South America for one of her concerts. She's married to her craft, and that's being maybe the biggest star on the planet Good for her if she's going to put the show on tonight rather than come running back for a Chiefs-Eagles football game. NFL and uh, ESPN won't be happy because, you know, they wanted the ratings of (sighs) whether she was going to be in the building or not. And I guarantee you at least one shot of the – and they'll know exactly which uh, uh, suite they'll be in. They'll give you a shot at a suite with just – even if it's Mama Kelsey by herself, that she doesn't have the Swift family with her – there will be at least one shot of that uh, if there is some change in plans and Taylor's there. Uh, you know what? I'll set the under over when we come back. <laughs> Bill Calavulo's in for Johnny Mac. Jody Mac, we're going to come back, make our picks on the game and the under over of the uh, suite that the Swifts are going to be in tonight. Bill Calavulo will give you the number. I get it. FanDuel, uh, DraftKings. Somebody's going to have the, a place where uh, you can bet it. Ocean may have it on theirs. Uh, somebody will have the under over. How many shots they'll go to of the uh, suite tonight? The most important thing is how many points the Eagles going to score. Bill Colorado will tell you when we come back here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're farming them up and good play by 
Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Bill Calarulo in for Johnny Mac uh, with me, Johnny Mac. All right, for those of you who are just streaming in, we'll catch up. Uh, it could be uh, Steve Michael on the stream here said he just crossed into Missouri. I I hope he's driving. I hope he's not flying because you're not supposed to be on the phone typing stuff out when you're in the middle of the air. You know you can crash a plane that way. You throw off the whole computer stuff. Uh, so hey, put put the phone away, Steve, if you actually are streaming in live right now. For those of you who missed the earlier part of the show, we had uh, BLG on, Brandon Lee Gowton, who said Eagles win by two scores or more. He's got the Eagles with a... Pretty hefty win and a high-scoring game. Had both teams in the 30s. We just had Farzee on. He said uh, 28-21, right? Was that Farzee's score? I, I wrote it down. I can't remember. 28-24, I think, is what he said. 28-24. So Farzee's got the Eagles winning. That's what it is. It's a four. Thank you. I missed the two. Uh, Johnny Mack was on. We got the Wi-Fi issues worked out from his hotel in Kansas City. He's got it more low-scoring than anybody else. Uh, 26-13, the Eagle defense can hold the Chiefs to just 16 points. So three for three Eagle picks so far. Bill Calarulo, I need a final score for you tonight when all is said and done, Eagles and Chiefs. It's getting me a little bit nervous because now we're going four for four. I got the Eagles winning this game as well. I got it at 27-23 Philadelphia Eagles. That Chiefs defense has done a great job of holding teams to under 16 points. 
But this Eagles offense has shown they can pretty much score on anybody as long as they don't turn the ball over. I think they're going to put up 27 points, and I just don't think the Chiefs have the same firepower on offense to match it. 27-23, Eagles go to 9-1 and tonight. All right, Bill, you and I have the exact same score for the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to score 27 points. I was on yesterday morning on WIP with my buddy Clyde Mack now. I listened. Said, Good show. Good show, Jim. Thank you very much for that. Um, we always make a pick at the end of the show leading into the Eagles. We're on Sunday morning before the Eagles play, usually a Sunday later in the day show or a Monday night show. And Glenn's got this bit with the folded piece of paper with the final score on it. <laughs> so I give my score and there's just dead silence. And Mac now goes, I can't believe this. So he takes a picture of the folded piece of paper. And oh, by the way, it's an actual folded piece of paper. He writes it down on a folded piece of paper, takes it, Sends it to me, texts it to me. He picked the same exact score I did. But we're not consulting with each other. We've got the exact same score of the game. Eagles 27, Chiefs 31. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think that the lack of superstar wide receivers has not slowed Patrick Mahomes down. He's thrown for as many yards as Jay's thrown for more yards than Jalen Hurts has. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it'll hang in the balance just like the Super Bowl did to the 59th minute. I'm sorry to say. Somebody had to pick the Chiefs since we went four for four on the selections here. Everybody taking the Eagles. Uh, I I, I had I, – I really was. I did not know that Taylor Swift was not going to be at the show tonight. I would be that much more confident that the Chiefs would be winning if she was in Kansas City. That will be my excuse tomorrow if uh, the, the Eagles win and I got to explain why I picked the Chiefs. Uh, I, 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 may, may, maybe Taylor changes her mind at the last minute and comes to the game. Who the hell knows? We, here's what we do know. Uh, Johnny Mack will be with me tomorrow, assuming his Wi-Fi is good, and we'll give you a recap of the game. I know we got a ton of stuff coming up between now and then. Uh, you got Bill sticking around for the power hour next, Then he's going to be part of the pregame show tonight, cast the thousands on both the pre and postgame show. Uh, McMullen will be on both. You're going to have to wait 22 hours till you get me again. I'm coming back tomorrow morning here on birds 365. But other than that, I'm out of here. Bill, thank you very much for jumping into the lurch today. Good job. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me, Jody. Always enjoy it, man. Our pleasure. Billy's up next with the Power Hour, so you want to keep it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube station. Thanks to Xander for zigging and zagging all day long with power out and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. Uh, It should be a great game tonight, and we'll be right back here on Birds 365 to talk about it in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.